0: This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it.
1: I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker.
0: And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neo Modern, and Grumpy Old Man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey Suzanne.
1: Hey Ruben. or should I say Stranger? Yeah, I know does it does
0: sound like we haven't talked in a long time.
1: I mean, we we've talked. We just haven't really talked on air. I know. So I feel I feel like, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like uh, getting back on that bicycle, right?
0: It is. I told you, I I uh, I wasn't really sure I remembered how to use all the equipment here <laughs> to make it start. It's
1: like I just what are we doing again? I just
0: wanted to close my eyes and like see if it would all come back to me, and, uh, and I know. So here we are. Hey. And we
1: tested this, right? So we're, you know, because this is gold right now. This is conversation oh, yeah. gold. Comedy
0: yeah. classics.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, Favorite episode. And um, like since we last uh, talked, I am not in San Francisco anymore.
1: I know. Congratulations. You've made the move down the coast. here in Santa Cruz. <sighs>
0: yeah. We're going to
1: have to change our opening and our closing.
0: I know. I know. Well, so much, so much is going to have to change probably. But I like, I like <laughs> being cool. here and I... Uh, I think I got out of town in just the nick of time, you know, before, I don't know, civil unrest broke out. I thought you were going to say out. civil
1: war. Yes. Well,
0: that too. Yeah. It's a tough time. This is a, I mean, I don't need to tell anybody that. It's just a, such mm-hmm. a weirdly bleak time. You saw my pictures uh, yesterday when I went with my friend up to to his property yes. that uh, was on fire last week. And yeah. uh, it was so somber, you know. I mean, it was it was like walking through a graveyard. You know, it what just, was
1: his emotional reaction? Was it the first time he'd seen it? He had, was with you, or had he seen it? Prior? He, he
0: had been up there briefly right afterwards to kind of take stock of like how how bad it was, right. but um, but we went just to sort of take a little more time, and I had some ideas about how I wanted to maybe capture it. It's a it's a it's sensitive to capture. You feel somewhat predatory, kind of like when. I don't know when there's a car accident or or a funeral, and it's. I've never. I think I would never be a great photojournalist because I just. I'm. Um, I can't just stick a, fi- a camera in somebody's face at their funeral, you know. Right. And, right. <clears throat> um, and that's sort of what it felt like. I tried to give him space to have his exploration, and he was also trying to. Um, he wanted me to take pictures there. I mean, that's why we went, yeah. just to to walk around and. So I was, you know, trying to balance those things. I posted a couple on Instagram, but I really wasn't intending to shoot sort of the destruction of people's property. That felt almost too personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, but I did want to try to shoot some of the burned out forest areas that, uh, I mean, the forests are so amazing, you know, around Santa Cruz, all the redwoods. right? You, you know, and at the same time, those redwood forests have been around for thousands of years. They've had lightning strikes and fires. That's they're designed for that. That bark.
1: Well, they actually need that, right? I mean, for the for the cones to sort of open up, or to like the the seedlings to open up, they need fire to for that to happen. And it also burns away the lower levels so that those smaller trees have sunlight to grow.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, the most encouraging thing. I mean, it's what has it been, uh, four days or five days since since the fires or. Uh, As as you look at redwood trees, already all of them have these green buds popping out of the bark, under the bark, in the middle Uh, of a huge burned out stretch of tree. There's this bright green sprig. And, uh, you know, both he and I felt that was the most hopeful sign. Uh, The forest will be fine. People are the trouble. You know, people are are the people will suffer right the forests will recover i'm pretty confident in that so yeah
1: that was very poetic Mm. people will suffer forests will recover (laughs) i i mean Uh, i like i I do like the sort of uh, mm. open rhyme yeah (laughs) did you take any pictures of of him i mean i'm just thinking of like how people are suffering and i do i did almost want to see not in like a predatory way because i know that it's so personal but i almost wanted to see like his reaction or his body language, like he was sort of in the background of one of the shots. You could just make out his form. And
0: that's, yeah, there's, uh, I was keeping, uh, my depth of field short. So when mm-hmm. he was out doing stuff that he would be a figure, but not <clears throat> in detail. Yeah. And, uh, but there's one picture that I, I quite like, he was, um, I was wandering around in the woods and he just sort of sat down on some rocks and was kind of taking it in and, and I turned around and saw him back there and it was poignant, you know. He just—I mean, he was wasn't hanging his head. He was probably just bored waiting for me. But uh, but it looked like he was um, pondering his situation. And I love the picture. It's a very wide shot, and he's—you could almost not find him in the in the little mess. And I—I I guess that's—I'll post that in the show notes. Yeah, you can. I, I like oh, yeah. that picture. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Oh. Um, I actually want to
1: show you a picture that a friend of mine um, took. That is uh, again the fires, but these were in Portland. Um, or sorry, not Portland. In um, the smoke was in Portland. The <laughs> fires were by I think Bend in mm-hmm. Oregon. And so his father's home and complete the complete town was demolished. And so he drove up to, to kind of just be be there for moral support for his father. And they um, he took this picture outside of the window of their car or it looks like a truck but there's something a hey, it looks like it's Photoshop. just the sky and the way the trees are moving i just messaged it to you if yep. you <clears throat> if we can look at it at the same time and talk about it but oh, it just God. looks yeah surreal Holy. i mean you can see like the trees they're like black into silhouettes and they're sort of blowing in the in in the in the wind and then the sky has these like ribbons of clouds that go across the top and you can still see the ground is steaming like, smoldering yeah and yeah. steaming so- and it is isn't that crazy? Yeah,
0: it's a horror. It's a horrific scene. Uh, it's a but fantastic it photograph. Like it- I love the photograph.
1: Fantastic, yeah. yeah. Ancient Greek. It almost looks like ancient Greece or something. Yeah. Like an, a Grecian painting, and then you see like the frame of the modern day car. You know, like the the window and then the rearview mirror, which I really I really loved. We we can give him photo credit and yeah, put it in the show yeah. notes.
0: I mean, I, I, it's a beautiful picture. Um. So anyway, that's going on. Did I? I so I'm taking a. I'm taking a class, can I tell you that?
1: Yes, 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 tell us more, tell me more.
0: <laughs> well, I'm taking a photo class from uh, the Santa Fe Workshops, which is this amazing organization out of Santa Fe. Uh, coincidentally, you know, Santa Fe, because I'm moving there, but the workshops have been there for a while. And I right. have wanted to try one. And uh, Jason Langer, who has been on our show and is an yes, artist yeah. I uh, admire and his work is great. Um, was teaching about finding your photographic vision, I think is the title of the class. There's probably about 12 of us in there. And it's been interesting. We're, we're going into our third week. Um, and I think the pictures I took up at the, uh, at the burn um, yesterday, I'll probably bring up in the class. However, I will say last week in class, I don't want to be too defensive about it, but I was savaged. My pictures were savaged. I, <laughs> I, I feel very comfortable in my photography. So it was very hard yeah. to to have um, really hard criticism um, out there. So, you know, that, that was... is
1: so important. First of all, I <laughs> want to commend you for, you know, never, never stopping, um, never stop learning, never stop pushing yourself. And so taking a class is is really admirable I'm inspiring and I think it's probably inspiring to a lot of people who, who are like oh, I'll never get better and then they just don't try but for you to take a class is great and then um, but what <laughs> I also think criticism is wonderful I think that is what it's... we learn more from the games we lose than the games we win and so if you keep winning all the time and like going after the dopamine hint hit of like I like that I like that I like yeah. that yeah. you know it's like yeah that's great but also what are other what are dissenting opinions? Just to bring us well, some R,
0: <laughs> yeah RBG. Well, um, I think uh, okay. So you know, I've been doing this. Uh, one of <clears throat> my you know multitude of different sort of photographic projects is are these what I call the Sonoma Street sessions, which I've been shooting in my apartment for six right. years. These and there are anonymous nudes with no. Um, props or anything it's just light an empty room and the nude and i and i've been working on that for a long time and and i guess i always told myself that uh if the picture started getting repetitive or boring or something like that or if the sessions seemed too similar that i would stop that i was only doing it because it uh really pushes you to try to be creative there's not you don't have a lot to work with and yet the Mm -hmm. the subject matter of course is evocative and provocative Mm -hmm. um But they looked at the class. Jason, in particular, looked at my pictures, and the conversation went to a number of things. One, the the tiredness of shooting female nudes. That is just, you know, and and of course, topic, just as as a a subject, as a subject matter. Like it's just, I can't believe in twenty twenty, guys are still shooting women. You know, that was kind of that was sort of one part of it or or, and 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 then more to the point, I think specifically was that the pictures were beautiful and the women looked beautiful in these pictures. And I defensively said, well, everybody looks beautiful. I mean, like that's what I do. I think everything comes out sort of sensual and beautiful in my photography, whether I'm shooting a tree or a nude. And they agreed, but found the beauty cloying. It was just too too easy mm. to take a, mm. a a young woman and make her look beautiful, and they right. felt that was tired and Oops. and inappropriate, inappropriate, and the and some of the suggestions were that I should be shooting, you know, old people with lots of you know looking really, you know, not smooth and young or right. obese people who are not classically beautiful and that that should be something that would be harder for me to do. My defense was these are normal looking people. And, and I think I make everyone look good and, and it's, and it's fun for them. It's like everyone likes seeing themselves that way. And then the mm-hmm. criticism of course, is you're not doing it for the model. It doesn't matter whether they like it. They don't have to, it doesn't have to be flattering. Um, so I was challenged, but you know. You
1: also, I mean, you've also shot. I mean, like I think some of the pictures that that I've seen too, it's like you get you get like the cellulite, you get the bumps, but it's just it is lit in a way that looks beautiful, or like the 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 rolls, you know, like of you know someone kind of like bit their stomach or whatever know, bent, as they I bend think. over, and it's like it's still I think it's still beautiful. Were they saying that? Just because I, th- I think it's an interesting topic to say, okay, you can't shoot female nudes anymore. Obviously, as a female, I understand the, sure. um, the 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 objectification of women as a subject as a subject matter, which I do believe. But it's also like, why would any subject matter really be taboo? I mean, do people get tired of painting landscapes? Are you criticized <laughs> because there's, you know, uh, I don't know, a sunset? Like, okay, maybe yes, it is that that uh, maybe uh, I've just proved my point, or, or,
0: or like. Suzanne, um, you know, not my point. it's almost yeah. just as hackneyed to shoot some old wrinkled, you know, octogenarian sitting around. That's a cliche. Also, we've seen right. homeless people. It's, and, um, and I, I guess it, it all feels somewhat, I mean...
1: Criticism is to make you grow and to it make is. you see differently. And would I'm not say- pushing myself.
0: And and shooting no, 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 a beautiful no. person, shooting a, a, a person who's basically attra- attractive yeah. and making them look attractive is not particularly challenging. And I would suggest that Jason's point was mm-hmm. a little bit, in part, he's teaching people of, who are pursuing their artistic visions, right? Right. And they want to sell their work or be collected. I mean, they're sort of serious um, – People going for a more serious approach to photography, and I admit, Mm -hmm. people don't as art collectors don't collect those kinds of nudes. A nude in the uh, woods—that's not a collectible. You know, you need to 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 dig into difficulty and something that's personal. Like I can see what makes good pictures good, and it's not just being pretty. And so so I think it's easy to look at certainly my work, which I think is very pretty work, even though for me, I'm trying to push beyond the cliche like that is still my agenda. I don't think most of my nudes look like every other nude that anyone ever does. But are they my best stuff? Is it the is it the. Is it the best thing to be working on, and I, right. and it's not obviously. I was just finishing up the Sonoma Street. I, I, they were responding because in the last four days in San Francisco, I must have done a uh, half a dozen shoots, and so that's what I had in my camera. And totally. In my final shoot, um, a friend, I, I had all my moving boxes around, and right. she got in the boxes, and and it right. was kind of it was unusually prop. Prop E for yeah. me, but right. it was kind of a fun conclusion to that project. And, um, well, and are know. they,
1: were they saying that the, they would have viewed the entire collection differently if there were more, um, sort of different body types in the kind of in the collection?
0: Perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, it wasn't explicitly said, uh, this would be a better set if they weren't all, you know, looking similarly demographically, you know. Uh, Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I I think, I think that's all, that's all fair. That's
0: all true. Like as
1: a collection to say, okay, more diversity, whether it's, And that's
0: always been true. That's always been true. I've tried to have a a wider range and uh, uh, and at some level I was limited to my friends who felt like doing it. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe I'm steering it, but the, I suppose the younger women were much more comfortable doing it than older women who might have been far more uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The project is done. Like It's now right. been seven years and I can kind of pack that up and it felt good to go. Start.
1: Seven years of Sonoma Street. Yes. Nice alliteration as well.
0: Oh, you're always onto that stuff. That was good. <laughs> uh, Gotta
1: love a good title.
0: Yeah. I th- you know what? A uh, small digression. I think this is our first episode of our third season. That's where we are. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think that feels right.
0: Yeah. I mean, now that we've moved and the we've—it's been a long time since the last episode. And um, you know, let's see how have, have we grown? I'm like, what what what's happened since we last tuned in? How are you doing? How's your? Yeah. Are you taking pictures?
1: Um, I uh no, <laughs> I'm answering that really honestly, and I and, and feeling truly guilty in the process of that oh. answer. Um. I, I haven't. I haven't. I think that there's been, it's so funny. I feel like there's been so much that's happened with this pandemic and how people react differently. And I feel like I've sort of taken on this, uh, how do I want to say this? almost This role of being uh, kind of like, almost like taking on other people's stress and stories and pain more even more than than normal and so I feel like that has left me a little bit uh sort of uh, how do I want to say this not drained um I don't feel drained but I just I do well maybe I do feel drained maybe that is the word I want (laughs) and that's why it came to mind but
0: space for the create the creativity involved it just doesn't feel like uh something you've Yeah, I think that's it.
1: I think it's been, uh, I think that, you know, with, I feel like I've been putting a lot into sort of like my day job, I guess. And then as much as I've want, you know, really wanted to feel like inspired and ready to do something. I think I've been struggling this past few months of just putting so much into my day job that I don't feel like I've had the same amount of creative energy outside of, uh, outside of the office, which, which is unfortunate yeah um so to answer honestly i've no i i haven't i haven't really been taking pictures like i want to and i haven't been getting better and i haven't been and i so i hear your story of taking a class and it's like oh that's i'm so in a way kind of jealous I, I think <laughs> and it's also this, it's an a, admiration
0: it's the same instruction that people give um writers which is right. you can't Just always wait till you're inspired you have to make yeah. it a discipline to get out and and do it and a lot of it won't be good but it's it's the habit uh, and the muscle of just okay i'm going to spend this hour and take pictures of explore this thing visually you know yeah and if you're feeling stressed or whatever like can you channel that into your a
1: relaxation practice or so- something?
0: something yeah no
1: you're right i mean i think that there's i think one of the things when we first started talking now like two years ago, three or, you know, two seasons ago, um, I think what was so interesting and what I was really learning was the importance of um, the pause. And I think that so much of, of my day was honestly just going from thing to thing to thing to thing. And it's like when you're ricocheting off surfaces and projects and uh, kind of just trying to to catch, catch what you're going to be running into so you can anticipate the next thing and then kind of bouncing around so quickly I was forgetting to pause and I was forgetting Mm. to like, take that, uh, take that, take, take that breath, I guess, quite, quite honestly. And so it was, it, it does have this meditative feel. And so it's, it's like one of the things just having this conversation (laughs) where I'm like, I need that. I really need that.
0: Yeah. That'll
1: be my goal today. I'm going to, I'm going to just go on a little walk by myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like going for a walk by myself. And and now it's just one version different, which is go for a walk with the camera. Just have it with you and look around remember you're teaching yourself how to see you're teaching yourself to slow down and to get out of your head and get into what's around you and i don't know one of the things that came out in um jason's first couple lectures and it was just so wonderful to hear him talk about his his method and and of course it's great to look at people's contact sheets to look at not Mm -hmm. it's not enough to look at a final picture and say that's a beautiful photograph if you're learning what you want to see is what did the person take and how did they choose that one over these and then what did they do to kind of get it ready like is there any post-production that is it's not i think it's not even helpful to look at a finished picture from someone you look at their instagram feed you don't know Mm -hmm. you don't know what they were working with or right in fact, we used to joke. I didn't never could never figure out how the Academy Awards would give an a, award for best editing. Let's say because that, that was my field. Because
1: <laughs> you don't know what they had to work. Yeah, for. it's like
0: if you have <laughs> Vittorio Storaro shooting your movie, every piece of material is amazing. It probably cuts together nicely. And whatever, if you're given some piece of crap, and you work and work, and you kind of make it pretty amazing, considering what right, you're given, right. <laughs> that's the better editor. <laughs> you know, that's the, and that's the way I feel a little bit about the photography. It's like, if, if you've got a ton of Photoshop involved, you've got great models and good lighting, and, and, or a cool, you happen to get to go to Paris, or you happen to be where something amazing's happened. But I want to see what they started with to know how they got there, and not just the end result uh, as, a, it's as almost a-
1: like a different award that, i mean i agree i think that's really fascinating but i, I think it's If you flip the kind of the metaphor and say, okay, if this was a sculpture, you know, like, did you start with trash or did you start with marble? It's also if Mm. you start with marble, you can't make any mistakes. You know, you've got this beautiful (laughs) piece, all these beautiful assets, so it's yours to kind of like, excuse my language, but fuck up. Whereas if you're starting from, you know, um, scrap and found objects, like, yes, it takes a lot more effort to get it to a place of beauty, but if you get there that's you know that's an accomplishment it's almost like you would have to be willing to uh yes I think you should be judged on the final piece how everything comes together this was beautiful this is beautiful Mm -hmm. um but it's like the the second not secondary award but also is just like I don't know editing effort. I'm not. I'm not sure. I know (laughs) is that like a runners up, right? (laughs) Runners up. The question is
0: whether you're judging based on the final output and just every. It's a level playing field. Here are a bunch of different things that have been cut. What was Mm -hmm. cut nicely, and it's a different award if that's what we're talking about. To say (laughs) who's a more skillful editor, you know, who is a really great editor because it is not. It is not parallel, and that the person Mm -hmm. who can do that um, skill take a. You know, silk purse out of a sow's ear, sort of thing. Right, and that's the right. editor you want for your your movie in many cases, because you you know you want to hope that they can make something great. In photography, I suppose is just another like it, like any of these art forms that uh, you know. We have a couple. Uh, the next few shows, I asked Jefferson Heyman to be on our show again because uh, oh, so fun, and I've been really enjoying his work on Instagram and
1: fantastic. Um,
0: it's not really on Instagram. I mean, he he makes these great physical objects, you know, and mm-hmm. and sometimes he shows one, and it it brings to mind how important how photography is about an object that's being created, and it's it's only halfway about taking a picture. Uh, it also reminds me sometimes of the of the chasm between sort of the, the fine art photography world you know, making pictures that are designed to provoke and to be worthy over long periods of time and, you know, make you think or make you whatever. I guess there's all kinds of reasons people buy art, but that's different from everybody in the world with a camera wanting to take great pictures and more beautiful pictures or pictures that they like more. And, you know, sometimes as I listen to the instruction from Jason, I think he's not speaking to Joe Schmo with a camera who just wants better pictures. I mean, they would learn a great deal from that, but mm-hmm. his his focus is to take good photographers and, and get some depth to into the their level. work. Yeah. And that's, what's really nice. Um,
1: well, that's, who's taking his class, right? Like it's not class. Joe Schmo.
0: <laughs> no, we're all photographers of various levels. And, and of course yeah. he's a fine art photographer and right. beautiful uh, photographer. Um, so anyway, uh, the class is challenging, but fun, you know,
1: you started talking and I don't know if we finished this. Um, you started talking about the importance of seeing the contact sheet
0: yes. for yeah.
1: young photographers and kind of what they're working with. And we got onto this editor, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the editorial or the, not editorial, the, being an editor and finding out what you're working with, but was there something else you would, were kind of wanting to touch on with the idea of looking at an entire contact sheet of
0: someone's work? Well, I guess I was feeling that, I mean, I'm still working on my own book. I'm working on my Zen arts book and it's, you know, I kind of put it aside for a while um, and certainly until this move was done. And now that I'm in Santa Cruz, I think I have some space to shoot and write and hopefully move that forward. Um, but it seems to me that, that looking at the pictures being taken is more uh, is the work that I want to dig into as opposed to showing great finished product I want to I really want to concentrate on the process of like what makes you pull the camera to your eye and push the button what makes you notice it later as something that you liked I I can't tell you how often you look through your all your pictures and you think why did I take that you ever get that
1: (laughs) No, absolutely I do uh, No, I do that all the time I think just most of them are ugly but um...
0: Or not even ugly, you can't always tell. You look at it, you know, you took the picture, you're standing in the whatever, the world, and you pull your camera out, but when you see it that big, right. you don't notice what it was that drew your eye to that scene that made you take the picture. Unless you rem- actually remember, you may not notice. Right. And uh, that's why it's it, it can be a little um, hard when you're on film or like a lot of people on their phone, when they're only reviewing their picture small, they right. don't always notice. It's so funny. You, you you blow it up large and look at it, and you th- and you realize that was cool. Like I I never would have seen that until it was large, and that is a worthy photo. Yeah. And and I'm not talking poster size. I'm just talking you know eight by ten even that you can just see yeah. what's in the frame.
1: Bigger than a thumbnail.
0: Bigger than a thumbnail. And I would suggest that if anybody is taking pictures and you do find that you you know you can't even tell why you were taking these pictures you really need to to look at them much larger than on on your phone you got to get them on a big mm-hmm. screen and just at least look into it for a moment
1: for your zenbook are you going are you thinking about having more um sort of like contact images so you you can kind of tell the story of the example and like work you know, work your way through, whether it's whatever, get the cliche out of the way, but then understanding like the, those micro movements and then getting to the final, yes, just the importance of editing.
0: Yes. Nice. I would I like to do be that. Really, really helpful. I, I mean, I can't tell, I, I'm <clears> trying not to do it purposefully. I want to go back to actual times I was out on a walk, taking pictures or actual times I was shooting something. So, right. you know, uh, you can really see what that decision is. I think if you're doing it on purpose, you would do it a little differently. And I wonder if it's that artificial. would skew it in a Maybe. uncomfortable way. Anyway, that's, uh, that's going on. So today. we have
1: some upcoming guests. So we have that's Jefferson really exciting. Coming
0: on. We have Gary L. coming on, who um, I only know from Instagram. But he seems to be a, not only a wonderful photographer, but kind of a curator of work out uh, on the internet, he has a uh, various sites where he pulls together stuff that he likes, and they're really good collections. So, anyway, it'll be fun to talk to him. I don't know him, but uh, that's always this is always a great way to meet people, you know.
1: Absolutely, no, I I, I look forward to those
0: too. Um, so, I'm trying to think what other th- what other things I want to be shooting. Um, the fire stuff is is again, I, I'm not totally comfortable going up there. I, I have another friend who lost his home, and I can't, like, I don't want to, I don't want to even ask, like, hey, should we go up and take pictures? It's like, it just feels so, um, like, a scavenger.
1: I don't, I mean, I don't think it's a scavenger. I think especially if you're, if you're starting to do a project around just loss or destruction or whatever, it's, I mean, I would almost say as an offer, it could be therapeutic for them, too, to sort of, to see the photos. Like, this is one of those things that, when you don't take pictures of it, then time goes on, then you wish that you'd sort of seize the moment so you could actually be helping them rather than, and, and if they say no, then no no harm, no foul. But I think it's coming from, it's not coming from a place of being a scavenger or trying to take something from them. It's just, it's trying to capture this story.
0: I got to say, I'm I'm somewhat uh, relieved to have the the Sonoma sessions done and just move really on. Really?
1: Why? You know, end of an era.
0: It was nice. the end of an era.
1: Time to close the book.
0: Kinda, you know. This has
1: nothing to do with your bad review, does it? Or with your critique, does it?
0: I don't know. I mean, yeah, a little bit. It is. It's sort of uh, the the interest of that was f- as a figure study to see if I could push myself. Could I really yeah. keep being creative with very very few things, you know, pieces on the table? But I think I, you know, it's also important to have constraints. We've talked about constraints, both photographically, but even being able to put your, um, put a kind of a tie ribbon around the whole set of something and be done with it and put it on the shelf and do something else. Uh, maybe I'm not done doing nudes. I mean, it's uh, that's always been something that I, I seem to be pretty good at and I like doing, but maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just not living somewhere where I can do them in the same kind of way. So I'll have a different kind of project I mean, I love, uh, I love doing uh, like the scar, the scarring work. You know, the kintsuji yeah. and the cracks and scars and stuff. And so that might, that might ramp up again. I do like a good scar. <laughs> <You> <laughs> maybe know, it, it
1: could be nudes with scars. <laughs> maybe it's like
0: I did shoot someone who had a lot of scars in that last week, and mm-hmm. I did photograph the, the, that scarring, and it, and she. She felt that they were all badges of honor, you know, of things she had accomplished. And that's, I think anybody who has scars, you look at that as like, that didn't kill me. Right. You know, I survived that. And I, that's pretty awesome, you know. Uh, And I I like my scar, you know, so.
1: You can barely see yours now.
0: Well let's not hold it against me. If it would have been cooler if it was somewhere, you know, like on my face, I could look like a a villain in a, in a movie or something.
1: I don't know. I think you should be thankful that you heal like Wolverine. (laughs)
0: Um, and I may get, you know, I'm while I'm in the last many months in California, I might spend more time in the, on the coast, on the water, in the beach. And, um, doing something, doing some kind of a project that has to do with that. But again, uh, the thing that Langer is pushing me towards and maybe everyone should be pushed towards is to get away from the ordinary, get away from the pretty, get away from the just nice, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong. And if you're a a beginner, it's wonderful if your pictures are pretty and nice. And so I don't want to, uh, besmirch that as an objective, but if you've been taking pictures for a long time, I'm not documenting things. It's not like I need to show that I was in Santa Cruz today. So right. I have the luxury to take my time. And if it's not a, a really interesting, different kind of subject, like that's what you want. It's something that you people maybe haven't seen. You know, you're going to show them something in a new way. Absolutely. A, and, uh and that that's reason enough, like that's a reason to pull out your camera, not just to show that that's a, a beautiful sunset, but how can I? Well,
1: I think it also, it's like to pull them in, to pull them into a story that maybe they don't completely understand. I think so many people, you can understand a sunset, if that's all that there is in the shot, you can understand that in a scroll, you can understand that in a flick, and then it's like, okay, one second, great. But it's like pictures that are more provocative or that are telling something deeper, pull you in and you want to try to figure it out or mm-hmm. make sense of it or understand what you know, Like what, what's happening. I,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I think and we've talked a little about the, the, the point where on one end extreme, you have obvious there's a dog, mm-hmm. there's a sunset. And on the other extreme, right. there's like, I don't know what that is. That's a, a right. weird image. Somewhere in the middle is that fulcrum, right? Where it's, it pivots and it's, like, I don't quite know what's happening, and then I figure it out. Or I don't see it instantly, and then I get it. And there's just a tiny little moment there. And to me, that's the practice, is can I hit that spot? And you don't always get there. Sometimes it's either too obscure or too obvious. But but the hope is that you can uh, find that spot. And that's, you know, to me, that's photographic work. That's part of yeah. the haiku poetry aspect of it, is can you just do it right and show people something either that they haven't seen or in a new way. I was trying remember when I was trying to do sunsets in black and white. That was, <laughs> that was horrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's you got to figure out what doesn't work and what works I, for you. But like maybe I, I should, think like that's really hard. <laughs> maybe
0: we don't give up on that so quickly. I mean it like, is a sunset only beautiful because of the color? And is there anything interesting about it? If you, uh, I don't know. You should I should ask
1: someone who's colorblind.
0: Or you look at photography before there was color and see, were, did no one ever shoot a sunset before 19, <laughs> you know, whatever?
1: <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Or they just colored them in later.
0: There was hand coloring. That was a big thing. The, yeah. Some of the early Japanese uh, photography was very popular around the turn of the century, um, was all hand colored. They were shooting black and white, and they did meticulous hand coloring. And that became sort of the postcards of that uh time you could you can go buy these really beautiful photographs but they were like that was a tourist thing you'd pick up that Mm -hmm. even if it was 1905 you know they would that's they'd come back from japan with that thing and
1: yeah uh, i don't know it's so beautiful
0: what do you want to photograph do you have any anything you would like to explore photographically
1: hmm that's a good question
0: like personally like maybe something about Your home or the way you live or your family life or, I don't know, the pain of being in COVID era. The pictures before the war. If I told you there was going to be a civil war in a couple months and these were the last months before all that stuff went down. You know, it's 1939 and we're in Berlin and things are getting a little squirrely. And you've got a camera. What are you gonna shoot? What do I capture? What do you capture that not everyone is capturing? Like that you, it is yeah. uniquely you from where you live and what do you see? Does anything come to mind?
1: That I mean, it, it is sort of those things that you wish you'd taken pictures of. I I know I just said that with regard, you know, regarding like a, a burned homestead. <laughs> but yeah. um I, I do. I feel like it probably goes to a place of uh of like of home, of what you know, what does life currently look like? What are, what are like the small things or those small moments? I mean, I would imagine if there's going to be a, a civil war, its homes will be completely turned upside down. We'll be taking people in and converting every room and the refrigerator won't be plentiful and full. And it's it it's becomes almost like a photo. I mean, it, for me, I think it, it would almost go to this like photojournalism place of like, not photojournalism, but just capturing these small moments. Like I have a costume closet. Like that's not really necessary. <laughs> like that's something that is that exists um in this moment, but wouldn't necessarily be part of a of a bleaker, um, more constrained future. And yeah, I think it, it'd probably be things about the current like art art I was gonna say so too, like State of the Union, but that like that doesn't doesn't feel like the right term. It's it's a yeah. It'd probably be like these small moments of life.
0: That's interesting. I've I've been thinking about how about you. I, I've started shooting. I, I don't have enough to to call it anything yet. But like uh, the the interior of everybody's fridge. That's what I've been looking at. Yeah. Right. It's just framed on the the boundaries of the refrigerator and just. Mm-hmm. What? Because it, it might change a lot, right? Yeah. It might be yeah. unusual. There's been a lot of... There's some been some great projects where pe- someone took everything that someone had bought over the year, a family, and they put it all out in their yard and then there's these sort of family portraits with all of this stuff and huh. it's like all of their things right there. Hmm. I am fascinated with stuff, you know? I mean, yeah. I've been going through a big process with that. There's nothing like moving... And moving around <laughs> to realize
1: to, how much stuff you have yeah
0: well i'm a collector by nature i like organizing things and having things and i like tchotchkes and and yeah. uh you know the, the jerry uelsman aesthetic of decoration where you just have like a lot of weird <laughs> stuff all over it's a curio shop of weirdness right, right? and i i've always totally. liked that but now after you know it's been almost five years since i guess since my dad died and I spent so much time managing his stuff he had a ton of stuff and like yeah i guess you just get rid of it but like the minute you go through that process whether you're organizing it or just dumping it i think you have another weird and and then with the world being the way it is and yeah like do i even want stuff do i want to lug this stuff around as i'm packing boxes full of things I'm trying to imagine what my kids going through this in 40 more years and what they think of it. Is it like found treasure or is it just junk? Why did I store it? Why did I pay to have a room that I put all that things, those things in?
1: Oh my gosh. I actually find that I like, I love this discussion. I feel as I'm looking around my um, I'm sitting in the blue room right now. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm looking around, you know, the art that's on the walls, there's this kind of open shelf of like these little boxes you know like almost box vignettes and each one has like a different sort of vignette inside it but it's like they're all it is all stuff it's like you don't want to pass that on to someone like someone else has to deal with that but like the photograph of it would be enough like oh that's how they lived that's what she looked at that's what you know he had around well, I feel like today's show is, is kind of like this, uh, these central themes of like moments of life and mm. destruction mm. and memory Yeah. before the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: a, I guess this is a bleak conversation. Well, maybe we I should- I don't think
1: it's bleak. I think it's actually quite interesting. I'm, I'm actually, I'm quite excited to sort of take this on. Mm. And I, I also feel like the idea of me struggling with taking pictures or finding the, 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 Motivation to sort of do so is like maybe I just didn't have a project, you know, in mind or a goal or like what I wanted to to capture. And I think this idea of uh, not this mentality of scarcity, like okay, it's not going to be there forever, but it's true, it's not. And I think whether we we realize that. Up front, I know you and I joked about Dumbo's tether, where we, you know, we're saying, like, you know, we, we all had this illusion that we were, we had this tether that kept us with, like, either a sense of home or a sense of purpose or a sense of uh, work or whatever it is. And then we realized that how fragile that tether was and is. It's not, it's not real. And, I know it wasn't a funny joke, but my joke of it being like, <laughs> it's Dumbo's tether, <laughs> that it was that tether that sort of thought we, you know, gave us the ability to think that we could fly when we realize we can fly all along. We don't need it.
0: Well, grab your camera. I'd love to like, take, the, take the week to use f- in the photography to explore what's going on for you and to get out of what you're doing a little bit. <laughs> Maybe get out of the house, you know? Right.
1: I've got options. I, I've got I've got kind of this interior, you know, project, and then I, I think also just being forcing myself to get out. Now that the air is clear, I think
0: oh, um, yeah. that's always good. All right. Well, look, it's been. Well, should I wrap it up? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good to chat, and uh, it's been we'll, so lovely. We'll get back into our our groove here, I think, over the next uh, few weeks, and we'll start having. And so guests Jefferson on.
1: is our next guest. Is that correct? I,
0: Jefferson or Gary? I'm not exactly sure. It depends on when you're available and everybody's schedules, it. but. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to some new shows and us not uh, going down these rabbit holes of terror, you know.
1: I mean, these are interesting (laughs) topics and interesting times. Our show is recorded and produced in in San Francisco and Santa Cruz. Uh, Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe.
0: We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. So if you know someone who might get something from us, even if it gets a little weird, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. Stay safe. We appreciate your attention and we hope you've given me some things to think about until next time.